Do you have a never-ending to-do list? Do you find that you end up getting a lot of tasks done, but that the really important activities don't always make it to the done category? Do you see the value in visual management for the work on the floor, but if you're really honest, visual management hasn't quite made it in to how you manage your own work day to day? Then keep listening. Welcome to Lean Leadership for Ops Managers, the podcast for leaders in ops management who want to spark improvement, foster engagement, and boost problem solving, and still get their day job done. Here's your host, leadership trainer, lean enthusiast, and spy thriller junkie, Jamie V. Parker. Our guest today is Kyle Kumpf. Now, Kyle is a PMO manager responsible for leading a team that focuses on process, training, and continuous improvement of the project portfolio management function within a growing bank holding company. And Kyle and I first met at the Iowa Lean Consortium Annual Conference, I think maybe back in 2018. And we stay connected through LinkedIn and, you know, just kind of on the offline world. Now, one of the things I love about Kyle is that his purpose is to end human suffering as it relates to process. And one of his beliefs is that when we have simple visual systems in place, we can accomplish great things at work while having more time with our families, hobbies, and interests. Now, Kyle is active on LinkedIn, and I encourage you to connect with him so you can follow along with the great work he's doing. Remember that you can always find the relevant links at our show notes, processplusresults.com forward slash podcast. All right, let's dive in. Kyle, welcome to the show today. Hi, thanks for having me, Jamie. Excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited you're here as well, because I know that um, I started talking to you about coming on to the show a while back, <laughs> and so I'm glad we're, we're making this happen. Um, so I know the topic we're talking about today, but first I want to make sure everybody gets a chance just to uh, know you just a little bit. So tell me a little bit about and the role you're in and how you integrate improvement thinking into the work that you do. Sure. Uh, so the role I'm in today, I'm responsible for several project portfolio management functions, uh, process. So what we do and how we do it, quality assurance, proving that we do what we say we do, um, reporting, continuous improvement of, of all that, and then training of um, full-time project managers and program managers, and then also the, our, our part-timers. So those people in the organization who kind of do project management as a, a side business or a side hustle and kind of mm-hmm. part of their day job, you know, as needed. Um, they, they need those that help as well. Um, and so there are many things to juggle, as you can imagine. And I'm constantly striving to find better ways of, of doing that work. Um, and then more recently, visual management has become a, a big focus of mine starting back, I think, in April or so. Well, and I am glad that that has happened because, you know, there are a lot of things we could talk about, right? So, you know, we could talk about ending human suffering, which maybe you'll you'll be able to throw in there a little bit. Uh, I know you've been doing a lot of posts recently on, um, you know, dimming and, and kind of some of dimming's points and uh, your, your interpretation of some of those. There's so many things that we could go and talk about, um, but I'm taking mm-hmm. us down a very specific path today. Um, because of this visual, visual management work that you were doing. Um, and I, I followed along on LinkedIn and I know some other people Thank probably you. did as well. Um, so, so a while back you started 
this uh, like work authorization board, kind of an experiment process, um, essentially visual management of your work. And so Mm -hmm. I was following along and I really just think it's relevant for this audience um, to hear about this process that you went through and kind of how you went from, you know, problem to experiment to learnings and what that looked like. Um, So I want, that's, that's where I'm excited to talk to you about this today. And I want to start off just talking about like, you know, what prompted you to go down this path? Like what was the problem you were trying to solve? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, There's an old adage called even a blind squirrel sometimes finds an acorn. Um, And, you know, sometimes people, even if they're ineffective or misguided, they sometimes get lucky and are successful. It was just due to chance. Um, I didn't think that was a sound way to manage my work. Um, cause I, I have a lot of things to get done and, uh, you know, people relying on me. Um, and so I was, I was really struggling to answer, I think about four questions I was trying to answer that I couldn't, I didn't have a good way of answering. Uh, so those were, what should I be working on and how long should it take? Uh, mm. What should I work on next? Uh, what's my ability to accept new work without exceeding my capacity? And, and then how do I know that I'm on track? Um, so those are, those are, I was struggling to answer those questions. That was my problem. And that's really what led me down the path of this, this board approach or this visual mm-hmm. management approach. Um, so I'd read a lot, um, around, uh, Menlo innovations. I read, read their books that, that Richard had put out. They talked a lot about how they manage their work visually. Um, so I adopted a lot from that and I had just, uh, read a lot of other, uh, articles and books around limiting work and process. Um, that's really what gave me the idea to to start down this path and start experimenting with it. Okay. So, so, and I, and I love this, right? So you've, you've read a little bit about it and you said, Hey, I'm going to go down this path and particularly at making this work visual, because you've got these four questions you're trying to answer. Well, how would I know? And I think that how, mm-hmm. how would I know is part of that last question, I think, right? How would I know? Yep. And yep. so as you are getting ready to make your first board. And let me back up just a second for those listening in. We're talking, we're really talking about your work, right? So this is not necessarily right. like, you're not saying this is the work my team needs to do. This is your work mm-hmm. for yep. your daily work, my, right? my work. I'm the one responsible for getting these things done. Okay. All right. So I just want to put that out there because here's, what's going to happen is somebody's going to listen to it and then they're going to go and try and make a board for other people. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> talking about like a process to manage your own work. So when you were going through, you said, okay, I want to make this visual. I want to kind of come up with a board and you're trying to come up with your first one. What were some of the concepts or the factors that were really kind of guiding where you started from? Mm-hmm. So one, I wanted it to be physical because I had tried the virtual kind of Kanban boards and that window just got hidden behind other windows. And then I forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I posted my board up over here behind me. I walk by it every day. The only way I could ignore it is if I didn't work in my home office. Um, so it's always there and present. Um, being physical, it was also made out of just readily available materials. I just grabbed some post notes, painter's tape, got a whiteboard, very easy. Mm-hmm. low tech, um, but it's flexible because I knew that the first iteration of it, the way I laid it out probably wouldn't be the last. I think I'm on iteration like four or five now. Um, so I could, I knew I'd be able to easily change what I was doing um, as I experimented, experimented through it. Um, <clears throat> and then I started to figure out, okay, I wanted to physically constrain my work. I don't want to be able to put more than X hours of work in a certain day. So how do I do that? Well, I set the boundaries with the tape and then mm-hmm. I I looked at different size post-it notes that would work well. Um, so I have 
these uh, for once people do see us on video. This is like my standard size posted. It's a three by three. Mm -hmm. um, that's one hour of work. Um, and those fold nicely into half hour of work. And I could even do 40 you know, increments. I have smaller ones for 15 minute things um, mm -hmm. to do. But they all fit nicely into this space that added up to eight hours of work. So I could physically constrain. Here's how much work I can, I can schedule in a day. Um, can I do more than that? Yes, but I don't want to schedule you know, 12 hours in a day if I don't have to. Um, so that helped me limit the working process on a given day. And then I put them in the order that they need to be done. So that gets to that question of what should I work on next? And then the first one, obviously everything's written down. And based on the size of the post that tells me, here's how long I think this should take me to, to complete this work. Okay. And, and we'll put a pic, we'll put a couple of pictures in for folks who want her like visual learners and they want to see this. If you go to our show notes afterwards, we'll, you, you can see all of that. Um, but I'm, and I'm following along with what you're doing. And I, I have this question though. Is, mm -hmm. So when you were first starting and you were trying to figure out, like you're trying, you know, you've got the different size post-its for different durations of work, but you had to assign how much time you thought something would take. And I, so to walk me through this, like at the very beginning, did you, how confident were you that you knew how long different things would take? <clears throat> Well, I've learned that the best way to estimate work is to estimate, estimate, and then track it, because then you get better at estimating. Mm -hmm. um, so I would do that. I started off, um, that's why I started off with the 15-minute increments, because I felt that I could, if it's five minutes, I'm not going to get down to that level of detail. Right. Um, and uh, so I just started putting 15-minute increments of work on the board. Some things I looked at, kind of what the requirements were when I had to do, okay, that's an hour. And then that's all I would estimate out. Um, if it was something longer than that, it would just be broken down to three separate hours of work because I was also, and through my reading, I learned that, you know, if you try and sit with something for too long, you end up losing focus and get burned out on it. And it's good to have that breaking point and then come back to it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I limited myself to the, the one hour of work. Um, so if there's something I just really had no idea how long it was going to take, I might put a couple one hour posts up there. So for two mm -hmm. hours. And then if I got in an hour, great. I removed the next one. Now I got a blank spot. I can pull work forward. I can pull more work in if I need to. Okay. I just really kind of, I kept track of my work and how long it was taking and that allowed me to get yeah. better, better estimating those. Yeah. I have found that I'm very bad at estimating right now. It's something that I'm getting, working on getting better at mm -hmm. um, in both mm -hmm. ways. It's not like I always over or underestimate, like it can be wild spreads. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you made your first board. You are estimating the amount of time. You're scheduling out with constraints. Um, you're tracking to see how the actual compared to your expe expectation. And mm -hmm. tell me what, like what worked really well as you started going through, whether it's the first board or the second iteration or whatever, but as you were experimenting, what were some of the successes that was working really well? You're like, oh, I've got to keep this part or I've got to build and strengthen this part because this is working. Um, really, the it enabled me to focus. First off, it allowed me to start off each week um, with just this confidence that based on what I know now, this one, one week looks like I wasn't diving into Monday morning, like, okay, where am I? What's, what's on the docket? I kind of knew going in and obviously I knew it could change, but the board allowed me flexibility to, to change my priorities that week. Um, so just that focus and that confidence helps. Um, mm -hmm. but I found immediately I was getting, not just getting more done. I was getting more of the right things done. Mm. Um, so that was my first big uh, learning after I, I kind of reflected after my first week or two um, of, of working with the board. Um, and then 
you know, on top of that, I'm getting all this work done. I was actually a lot more tired the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't think my brain was used to getting so much done. <laughs> yeah. Um, like so much. Yeah. You know, I, I, I found myself getting in the zone and just diving into work and getting it done and, and getting tasks done. And, um, you know, before I was kind of used to the, just the, the checklist or something and, you know, an email would pop up and distract me or I get a phone call or something. And I, then I go on to something else, but I didn't have that thing to focus me, center me on what I should be working on. Um, so my, my brain was worn out. I had mm-hmm. to, had to get it into shape. And so did it get better through practice? It did. Yeah. It just be kind of, it became the new, the new routine. Um, yeah. Now if I'm tired at the end of the day, it's just probably because it's been a long day and <laughs> I'm, I'm done working. Um, but it's, it's my, I feel like my brain's gotten used to, um, being more productive. All right. So there were some really great wins there. You're able to be more focused or getting more done and you're getting more of the right things done, which is probably why our brain hurts a little bit is because some of that right work might be a little bit more, um, thinking heavy, uh, than just stuff. Um, but so, but did it, did it all work out great? Tell me what, what maybe what some of the lessons learned were or some of the things you had to iterate because it didn't work out as you were expected as expecting at the beginning. Yeah. So one, just the, the physical board layout, um, the first iteration, I didn't have all those days that the boundaries for each day defined with tape. I just had, here's my section that I know mm-hmm. would fit 40 hours of work. And I have the column headers for the days. So going in and trying to put the posts on there, I kind of had to figure out, okay, here's Mondays, here's Tuesdays, so here's Wednesdays, and get those all lined up. Um, so that's, that's when I went to the, the full columns. I made it very defined. Here's mm-hmm. where each piece goes. So it's very easy just to put them up. Um, that was one thing I noticed. Uh, two, I noticed that trying to plan out, you know, you hear people working in two-week sprints. That's I first started to plan out two weeks. I'm like, no, it's this is two week. Uh, two mm. weeks out, I found that the second week is always just changing anyway. So why even plan it ahead of time anyway? So I, I cut it down to just doing the one week planning, um, which is just easier to do. I found than to. So yes, you're doing planning each week, but you take what you did one week and learn, and then you plan your next week. So you build on that. Um, yeah. So smaller much cycles. Easier to do. Yeah. 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 Um. And then obviously, like we already kind of mentioned, uh, some of my estimates were way off. Sometimes work uh, took a lot longer. Sometimes it took less time. Uh, and when it took longer, uh, the good thing, going back to the flexibility, I now had all my work planned. So if something was going to take twice as long, so say it was going to be two hours of work and it's going to be four, but that's the priority. I just push everything down two hours, fill it over into the next day, or it goes into the backlog for the next week if I you know, have to push it out past Friday. Or I can make the decision um, to just work overtime and get the work done that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it very easily allowed me to see what's the impact of that shift. What's it going to do to my workload this week? Mm. So you're not necessarily scrambling on Fridays trying to get yeah. those last things yeah. done. Or if I got a phone call from my boss saying, you know, hey, we need to do this because CEO said so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think it's about this much time. And looking at my 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 board, I could say, yeah, I can get that in. Here's what's going to do. but I can get that in. And so that just took that stress away from before. I'd be like, okay, yes, I know I have to get this done, but I have this other stuff I have to get done. And now my brain's just constantly thinking about that and not focusing on getting the actual work done. Mm, yeah. Okay. What about um, like execution or discipline to following through? Tell me how that was for you. We're going to get into, this is like my vulnerability mm-hmm. moment. So mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, so obviously this board is just a tool. If there isn't a process and discipline behind it, it, it doesn't work. Um, so I had to have the discipline to do the weekly planning, to, to stick to the, you know, the size post notes for duration and, and all that. Um, I had to set to, I actually block the time off. So my, my board matches my Outlook calendar. So there's an hour task on the board. I put that on my calendar. That way my calendar, I don't look like I'm available to people for meetings. Um, so people will joke, hey, Kyle, your calendar is always booked up. Like, well, yeah, because I have to schedule time to get my actual work done. So I don't just get called into meetings all the time. Um, so there, there was that bit of it and, and to stick to that um, and not just say, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do that. So I had to learn to say, say no more or to say, you know, yes, I'll put this in my backlog and then I'll figure out where it where it fits um, and, and things like that. So that that process and that discipline um, definitely took some time getting used to, to doing that and following that. So when you think about um, the ability to start having more realistic conversations with folks, so other folks are saying, hey, I need this or, you know, this is a priority. And now you're able to have those conversations that, you know, I can, and here's the impact. Mm-hmm. It's a very different conversation than just like, I'm just too busy or I just can't right. or you know, whatever. Now you have, like, you have it all visual so that you know what the trade-offs are Mm -hmm. so that you can make that decision. Exactly. And that makes those conversations go much better than, you know, the, the other response of I'm just too busy. Everyone's busy. No one's sitting around twiddling their thumbs. Um, Mm -hmm. So they, they, you know, they know that I'm not lying to them just to get out of work. Um, But when I could explain to them, here's what else would get pushed if I did this now, then they can, oh, yeah, my request isn't as important as that one. Go ahead and do that one and mine can wait till next week. Yeah. And if you do, I mean, so you do have your, this one week at a time, it really, it's not like it's, oh, you can never schedule a call with me. <laughs> um, right. Cause I even block off times that here's, here's like when I'm open um, right. or yeah. people do schedule meetings off me in, in advance. So if they're on the calendar, then that just goes on my board as, Hey, you have this meeting, which also might trigger me and say, hey, you need to do some prep for that meeting. So then that goes on there as a half hour task or something. So then I'm taking that up my time. So it's not just you're doing eight hours of actual work plus meetings. It's eight hours mm-hmm. of work inclusive of your meetings and the prep and all that. Yeah. Okay. And the amount of time that you spend managing the board process, right? Like managing the calendar process and the board process. Um, how would you say that compares? Because I've heard before, like I've said it before, actually like in spending more time managing this process than I am saving through whatever. Tell me about your experience with this as you iterated your way through it. <clears throat> really, even in the beginning, um, it probably takes me a good hour a week to plan because as things come up during the week, I'll write it down on a, on the appropriate size post note with the details. Then that just goes into the backlog. So then when I, that planning session comes, it's just looking at based on the information I've written down, start putting them, out there on the days based on the desired due dates um, and prioritizing things that way um, that doesn't take that long. Um, and I don't always at the beginning of the week have enough to fill up the week. So I always know like stuff's going to come up. So right. I, I build in that flexibility as well. Yes. Yeah. Building and having the time prepped for mm-hmm. there's availability. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't want to become a isolated and become a hermit from the organization. Many people <laughs> do need me need to talk to me and I want to be available to them. Um, but I wanted to be more, I wanted to control more of my schedule than having my schedule control me. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So what's next then in your experiment process? You've been doing this, you've gone through multiple iterations. Where's, where do you go next with this? So 
I've loved that this is physical, but I'm actually thinking about now trying to go back to a digital form. Um, and the reason being is that my context has changed. So when I started this, I was an individual contributor. Now I have a team that reports to me and we all have work we're working on. Um, and so having this physical board in my office doesn't really help them, helps me. Um, and so I want to uh, be able to help this team that's spread across three time zones. You know, there are, there are hundreds and thousands of miles between us. Um, and I want us to be able to look at what's our collective body of work. What are we planning to do this week? And that way we know here's who's working on what, here's when it's due, here's a priority. Now we have something changes on my end. I can put it in there and we can easily see, well, here's how it impacts everybody else. Um, so that way I don't say yes to something that then is going to cause a burden on my team. I don't want to do that. And, and same for them. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, we have some new tech available to us uh, in-house that I think will probably be the next step for us to try. Um, but I think going through this, this exercise I have for the past several months of this physical board, it's again, it comes back to the process. I have the process down. I can then explain and teach my team in that process. And then now we can hopefully use technology to um, enable it and support it across this you know, large landscape since we aren't in an office together. Yeah. I think that's so important is that is there is like the learning process before it goes digital is so critical. Yes. I, I've talked with organizations who are doing, you know, new technology or whatever, but they're doing new technology without the process existing outside of, you know, beforehand. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm pretty sure that's going to be a big hot mess when you <laughs> try <laughs> When you try to say, oh, now we have this new app that we're going to do whatever on, but we weren't doing this thing before. So, yeah. And I've even seen through the pandemic when there were coming though. So, again, I'd say I researched a lot of this from Menlo. They were all on site, paper based there in, in Michigan. Well, they weren't remote. So, they had to figure out well, how we can do our work. Um, and so, I, I actually attended some uh, you know virtual tours of theirs. And they just went as simple as using Microsoft pro- or Office products that were available. And there's ways you can do this with Excel and PowerPoint and all that. And you can get by. You know, the process is there. You just change the tool that you're using to run the process, given whatever you know environment you're in. Yes. Instead of saying, hey, look at this really cool whiteboard tool or whatever tool, and yeah. now let's go figure out how yeah. to use it. The, the answer isn't always like, hey, let's go buy a thousand <laughs> licenses at a right. thousand bucks a year a pop for this cool, shiny new technology. Might work great, might be an option, but pro- maybe not the first one to jump to. Maybe mm-hmm. you should jump to something in between first and get used to that and, and work your way up to it. For sure. All right. So let's ask if you, let's say your best friend had the same kind of challenge, which is, you know, I want to be able to manage my work and not have my work manage me, right? Manage my calendar, not have my calendar manage me. And so if they're facing that same challenge and maybe decided to embark along a, a work visual work journey, what would you say to them? Come up with what questions you're struggling to answer about your own work and then develop the, the process and tools to help support you in answering those questions daily. Um, I actually had a friend reach out to me who had followed my, my experiment on LinkedIn. He works here locally, works on site a manufacturer. He's like, hey, I love this. And he started asking me questions. And then he was sending me pictures of his board he put up in his office. And here's why, what I changed um, between ours and why. And here's what works for me. And maybe you should try this too. And so I got some new ideas from him. Um, but that all came from him taking what I had posted that I did coming up with what his own business context is and then and then reframing all that to, to work for him. Yeah, I think that's so important what you're talking about, which is that this is a process you create. Like you go, you went through the iterative process for yourself. 
And you, you pulled from what you had learned and read and seen at other places. So you, you pulled from that, but it's not a copy paste um, because, right. So we got to find what is the right solution. And to your point, what I love about this is what is the question you're trying to answer? Right. What Mm -hmm. is the, what are you trying to understand about your work that you don't understand right now and build a solution that helps you answer that and helps you know that. I think it's the best way to go about it, but it's not always the fastest way. Yeah, but it's probably the more sustainable way. Yes, it is. Yeah, but I think that's the initial hurdle that people um, will struggle to get over is, well, I want this done now. Yeah. Well, you can start now, but it might take you two or three months to actually get into a routine that actually works for you. Mm-hmm. you and so they give up. To do that, but then going through that process, you're also building the habit. Yeah. And once it becomes a habit, then it sticks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So then as we wrap up today's conversation, thinking about our audience. So our audience is primarily operations executives and managers who are not, um, you know, the lean practitioners. They're not experts in this uh, improvement model, but they are using improvement thinking to better lead their teams and better manage their operations. So it doesn't have to be a direct um, kind of relevance here, but just, just in general, uh, what words of advice or encouragement would you leave for those operations executives and managers who are tuning in today? So we've talked a lot about process. So I'll borrow a quote from Deming where he said, if you can't describe what you do as a process, then you don't know what you're doing. Um, so if no matter what level of the organization you're in, um, I would say help, you, help your teams define what their process is, what process would help them better manage their work if we're specifically talking about that and, and support them through that process. Um, and, you know, whether you're using physical or, or visual or, uh, sorry, virtual uh, management, um, you know, like we said before, it's without that process, it's almost useless. You got to have that process and discipline. Um, so, so focus on those and then find and attach the, the tools that will just help you do that even better. All right. Fantastic. Well, Kyle, thanks so much for, for joining us today. I loved, you know, the, the watching you go through that process, seeing some of your iterations, and I'm really glad you're able to, to share some of that journey here with our, with our audience. Yeah. And great. I, I enjoyed being on the show and uh, hope people are able to, to take some nuggets away and, and put them into action. Thanks for having me. In case you weren't quite taking notes, let me reinforce a few things. Now, the benefits Kyle saw from visually managing his own work board were getting more of the right things done, knowing what the week looks like, and having more confidence, flexibility, and focus in his schedule and in his work, and making better decisions, having better conversations with his colleagues. What about the iterations and learnings? Well, Kyle learned that he needed to really define the constraints, make the constraints clear so he didn't overbook. He ended up moving from every two week, working in two-week cycles to working in weekly cycles instead, kind of shortened that cycle for do, planning, doing, and reflecting. And he also had to learn how to estimate better. Remember what he said, though? He said it's really an iterative process. The best way to learn how to estimate is to do it, to estimate, to do and track, and then evaluate. It's that same iterative process. And then finally, one of the things that Kyle said is he said, the board is just a tool. If there isn't a process and discipline behind it, it just doesn't work. Now, I got to tell you, as far as my takeaways, I really love that Kyle's whole iterative approach was designed to find a process that answers four questions. 
What should I be working on and how long should it take? What should I work on next? What's my ability to accept new work without exceeding my capacity? And how do I know that I'm on track? So if you want to control your schedule instead of having your schedule control you, then Kyle recommends that you figure out what those questions are about your work that you need to know the answer to. And then iterate your own way to building a process and tool that helps you answer those questions daily. And that, my friends, is your next step. Figure it out. What do you need to know or understand in the moment, in the day-to-day, in your own work, so that you can get more of the right things done? Until next time.